This week on the Digital Marketing Scoop, I am talking with Ryan Clark, uh, the Digital Marketing Manager with Stat Sports. So during the Euro uh, 2020 tournament, um, Stat Sports had a, a massive viral moment um, when Artem Dovbek, the Ukrainian player, whipped off his top and revealed Stat Sports product underneath. So I'm going to be chatting to Ryan all about that moment, how the company capitalized on it, and how they capitalized on it from a a digital marketing uh, perspective. So thanks so much to, to Ryan for joining me and hope you enjoy this episode. Ryan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to be on. Cheers, man. Yeah, you're so you're the, the digital marketing manager at uh, Stat Sports who had a, a very viral moment during the uh, the Euro uh, Championships. I am, yeah. yeah. Um, that viral moment is one of the easier um, easier to come by <laughs> uh, in terms of like getting your brand out there. Uh, usually it's much harder work than that. Um, <laughs> and a lot of stuff goes behind the scenes. But yeah, I think we reacted similarly to a lot of the Ukraine fans when that moment happened when that goal went in. So yeah, that was a great <laughs> moment for us. So if we we'll probably jump into that in a while, but I suppose before before we dive into that, because it's it's a great story. I suppose if you would just tell tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about that sports and what and what you do there. Yeah, so as you mentioned, I manage the, the digital marketing and e-commerce element of Stat Sports. So um essentially I manage every sort of digital interaction that a customer has with our site in the pre and post transaction. So um just uh, for that, for the we're, we're probably well known for a B2B, but in the last two years, moving to that B2C consumer space too. Um, for, from a stat sports perspective, you know, we're probably well known for being an on field sort of performance management system and software and hardware for some of the, the biggest teams in the world. So that's your Man United's, Liverpool's, England. Um, and then over in the US, you've got Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Yankees. Uh, in the cricket, basically any every sport across the world, you know, we've we've got sort of our, our hand in there in some point, sort of behind the scenes. So um, we've got over 500 professional teams, um, and we're probably well known uh, locally, especially for being that little bump on Johnny Sexton's back, or uh, <laughs> or the sports bra that uh, people like to mention too, and um, that you see when when like the Premier League teams are training. So visually, that's where we're kind of seen. Um, but I guess more more recently, in the last two years, we lo- we launched our, our consumer product, which is bringing the same sort of core technology that all these elite teams are using and bringing it into the hands of the of the amateur player or the up and coming player. Really, the majority of our of the users for that would be under twenty five. So these are these are guys trying to make it to the pros and to get there. They're trying to use the same technologies those guys are are using. So. A lot of my energy um, goes into that element of it and being able to provide that via our e-commerce platform. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a bit of a summary, I think. Brilliant. So in terms, so we'll say of your, um, you mentioned kind of the direct-to-consumer side has kind of only kicked off someone kind of in the last two years or so. What kind of strategy did you, did you put behind that? So I have to admit, so I guess the original strategy, because Statsports, when it started, I think the first three B2B clients were um, Arsenal, Man United, and Leinster Rugby. So once you kind of get kicked off of those three organically, the company grows quite quickly um, across the world. And I think I think immediately, like the company maybe thought that going to the B2B space will create a, a Shopify store 
and they'll just kick on exactly in the same way. Um, in reality, D to C um, doesn't work that way. You know, you have to you have to put the work in, you have to build the campaigns. And uh, we've since then we've been building the team. We've got a good, good strong team now um, for for consumer and focusing on the consumer. So I guess strategy wise, like Euros campaign that we just ran, um, we had TV ads going out in terms of the highlight packages um, on Sky Sports News, ITV. We had a lot of PR pieces, so we got Hurricane and New York Times. Um, and then digitally, we've got a really good digital team. So we're doing ads across like the Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. And Google Ads, um, we we focus on having quite a diverse amount of messaging. So we go for like about around thirty three unique messages um, across different campaigns because we know how we know how engaged the sport market is. But we need to deliver sort of the right the right moment, the right message immediately to that consumer that fits for them. Um, and we're really trying to target those players as well, rather than fans. So yeah, we 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 kind of go. Um, so our CMO, uh, Ian, Ian Forrester, is a big fan of the marketing mix. He likes a good spread across. I'm obviously, I'm from a performance marketing background. I'm biased towards performance marketing. I think it's the best, best channel. But as an approach for Statsports, we go right across and we kind of want to exist exactly every single touch point where the customer kind of lives and breathes. So that's kind of our strategy going into the big campaigns like that. Brilliant, brilliant altogether. Um, so I suppose... Leading up to what we call that that viral moment with with Ukraine, had you seen um, a bump in traffic anyway, and in um, engagement just because the euros were on? Yeah, so we we launched our euros campaign um, ju- just before the tournament started, and um, we have our three investors and ambassadors um, in the form of Harry Kane, Raheem Sterling, and and Harry Maguire, which again is a, is a great start to any campaign when you've got those three guys going into a big tournament. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we launched our we launched our team. We had TV, a lot of digital ads out there, um, and we were building up kind of through the tournament. Now the, the thing with um, that makes it interesting about sport and campaigns focus on sport is that we were kind of always ready um, for the eventuality or the case that England may underperform and go out early. So when they go out early, obviously the the, the level of ads that we're running with our England campaign assets. They kind of have to switch the narrative on that, depending <laughs> on how they go. It was it was lucky for us that they, they performed really really well. Got the final, unfortunately, lost some penalties, but performance wise, excellent. So we were able to like, delay maybe a changeover at some point um, to our new campaign, which was great. But we yeah we saw, we saw a big bump in traffic in the lead up to it. Um, our sales were great going into that barrel moment, and then all of a sudden, um, uh, the Ukraine game goes ahead. The shirt comes off, and then Star Sports is front and center, and it just shows the power of the of the Euros or, and the tournaments like that. That although everyone's paying big money for these ad placements, I think it was for half time in the UK for for one of these big Euros games is around three hundred k to pay for a one ad placement. So that's how much money that these guys are paying for a, a whole UK wide campaign. And then we've got plonked ourselves in the, one of the biggest moments, um, <laughs> just completely for free. Uh, so yeah, I guess um, our site kind of boomed over that that period. Straight after that happened, I think we saw around thirty thousand people go on our site um, within the first couple of hours, and that's before PR kind of picked up picked up on it. Which like to the Sun, the Daily Mail, um, did articles on it. Um, and yeah, we sorry that I'm rambling on a little bit, but we've had viral moments before like this, um, and there's a big difference between them and this one in the case that. 
I guess. Um, like for example, Ronaldo. Ronaldo posted out of the blue without any. I'd like to take the credit for it, but without any interaction from us, out of the blue, him training with his son wearing the Stat Sports kit, um, and on 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 his Instagram, and obviously millions of followers on his Instagram. I think I have thirty one million views, but in terms of revenue that we got off the back of it, there was there was very little in terms of a bump because we didn't make the people couldn't make the educational sort of the, the touch points between he's wearing this. What is it? What does it do? And maybe yeah. I should. Whereas when this came around, we had um, a full campaign leading up to it, so people already had an education of what it was before that moment happened, and that just maybe added a trust factor on top of it. Um, when he took the shirt off, showed the Stat Sports uh, vest, a lot of people then engaged with it for the first time. We had a TV ad that was set up literally just after the game as well, so people would have seen, okay, what is that? And then the TV ad that kind of reinforced that. And then we also had a big remarketing network kind of built in there as well. So that anyone who came on the site within that period of time was shown these educational ads with, with Dobvik um, front and center with the vest on saying, right, what is that bra? What does it do? And this is how you get it. So we're kind of trying to join the dots together and it made a huge difference. And um, actually we saw the brand search go up quite a bit, over 300%. And then our revenue went up. I um, over 200%, I think, for that period versus 2020. So we were very pleased with it in terms of we didn't want it to just be a, a flashbang and what is this and then nothing on the back of it. We wanted to join the dots, education. Um, and then obviously what I'm what I'm kind of interested in is the revenue that comes through at the other end so I can hit my targets. So yeah. <laughs> You're hitting a hugely, hugely important point there, I think, though, and it is the educational element on the product because I think and we're all guilty of it when we're, we're working in a platform or in a product every day, we, we kind of tend to assume that people understand it. Um, but it's so, so important to educate your audience on the, the product or service that, that you are offering. So in terms of, of that education, we'll say prior to that viral moment, how were you going about educating your audience on the products and the benefits to them? Yeah, so I guess um, a bit of background in our consumers. So... We have um, we talk we target players um, around the world really. Um, UK is a huge market for us, and the US is a massive market for us in terms of people playing organized sport, um, and that's referee goalposts. So that's that's the that's the kind of market that we go for in terms of that buying journey for the consumer. Our consumers take on average a month to make the decision between first interaction with the product, whether that's offline or online, and actual purchase. Um, according to research that we've got. And then in that sort of one month period, they have around four touch points that we have with them. So we, we kind of see it and we break it down quite simply. And we probably got four strong opportunities to educate the customer before they make a decision. Um, and I guess uh, at, the, at the start of that, we kind of, we go hard with the prospecting messaging. So in terms of YouTube and Facebook ads, Instagram ads, a really, really good way of us getting um, in front of the customer um, and getting that educational messaging. The problem for us is, I guess, we, we went into Facebook um, down in Dublin, their offices, January, just before COVID, um, went through our campaigns, how we're looking to scale up, and they presented us our, their data with Nielsen, their joint studies, and they were presenting to us that essentially, I think it's 47% of people make a decision on an ad, on the value of an ad within the first three seconds, and I think that jumps to 74% within the first seven seconds. So we were looking at our ads kind of saying, well, we, we've got all this, all these benefits for the customer, all these reasons why they would buy it. 
but we're cramming them all in to this kind of prospect nod and expecting them to engage with the whole way through and say like, yes, 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 these are all great reasons. Where instead we're kind of thinking, oh, okay, if we, if we want to scale up, we have to simplify the message down into very, very simple segments and why would they want to buy this product? And then put them out to different broad audiences with different optimizations to kind of see which one resonates the most with the customer. And based on their return on ad spend for that particular ad, we'll either uh, like invest heavier in that form of ad or in the next in the next campaign, we'll create more ad sets or more creative around that specific messaging. So I guess for us, it's, it's a diversity of messaging for education, measuring what actually um, resonates with the customer and then and then going all in and that kind of messaging. Um, so yeah, edu- education is a harder one for us because it's not one of those simple things. Like if you're buying a you're buying a sofa, everyone knows the features of a sofa. Like you, you know, it's like or you look you're looking for comfort, you're looking for like the style in in your house. It's very very simple to advertise. But for us, we have a long education period, and that means that we have to educate, nurture, and then eventually sort of push that sales message maybe further down the funnel um, and get them across the line. But it keeps it interesting, and definitely from a sport perspective. It's, it's great for us because you can you can have a mix of aspirational messaging because people are wanting to go pro, take themselves to the next level, but also uh, like training itself is quite intrinsic in terms of you don't necessarily have to be an extrovert and have to be a big boisterous, like, I want to go pro, I'm going to be the best ever. And tra- training is quite intrinsic, so having someone that's quite feature and, like, statistical-minded, um, they might for- like focus more on the feature-led benefits of, of a product like ours um, and that will convert them too so for me it's good to get it's it's good because we can get a good diversity of messaging out and we can see what actually resonates with each customer and um, as you said you know education is key um, especially with a long with a long nurture process for a customer buy yeah definitely as you say with, the, with a long lead time you want to be getting in front of them during, during that period and educating them as much as possible on the product um, so let's say that that night you're you're watching the Ukraine game, all of a sudden top comes off, stat sports out in front in front of the world. Did you have to jump into action or are you like, we've prepared for this moment, everything's good to go? What, 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 walk walk me through that moment. So uh, yeah, I guess it's a bit of both. Um <laughs> we we do have a framework in place for not necessarily viral moments, but moments where top class players engage with our products so that we can get it in front of people. So a good one, a good example recently is that Van Dyke, I think Liverpool released a video of Van Dyke running for the first time, coming back from injury. And there he's wearing the Stat Sports vest, he's wearing the pod, and he's just running, I think, at a, at a cool uh, soundtrack over the back of it. And we immediately like have a framework in place that all we have to do is take that asset, that creative asset, and place it into our kind of ad framework and get it, that message in front of as many people as possible. So we, in a way, we do have a framework for viral moments. But for this, I think it's a little bit more special in terms of um, jumping to yeah, jumping to react to certain things. The problem with that was that we were all watching. It was um, RCMO's 40th birthday, and we were all watching the England game and the Ukraine game in the pub. So the, re- <laughs> so the reaction, time, I think, it, I think it's more of a, a um, it's 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 harder work when you've when you've had maybe a couple of Guinness. Um, leading in, <laughs> leading the reaction, <laughs> or maybe it helps the creativity. I don't know. Um, so we're reacting on the spot, um, big moments. So I guess for me, digitally, um, the framework was already put in place in terms of TV, and that was great because we were kind of we knew Ukraine were wearing um, the pods the whole way through the tournament. We had the framework for the TV anyway. 
which came in the right moment. So you have to kind of be in it to win it when it comes to TV. You have, a moment like that happens. You want to be front and center when if and when that happens. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. If digitally, our reaction was essentially we knew that the search traffic was going to explode for Dovbik uh, Sports Bra, Ukraine Sports Bra. And we, we wanted to be front and center of that. So immediately we went Google ads, paid search ads. Brilliant. And we wanted to appear immediately above above those articles and those searches, um, which understandably exploded, especially when they were share, shared in the PR world um, with Daily Mail and The Sun. Um, and then obviously the educational content with our remarketing campaigns, we wanted to use the assets um, that we, we had coming through of the game. And then with a really, really simple educational message of question, what is this sports bra? What does it actually does, and then how do I actually buy it? Is it only for the the question is is it only for the pros or is it for me? And that's the, that's that's what we're trying to answer in that educational bit. And um, because we had those frameworks and maybe mistakes that we made in the past, re the Cristiano Ronaldo kind of stuff, we knew that we had a framework in place ready for an eventuality that something like this could happen. Then we'd be able to react to it and and see the benefits from a revenue perspective at the end. So. I think that's, that's brilliant advice for people as well, though, man, because a lot of people think, oh, I just need to get my product or my service. If I get whoever using it or whatever, that, oh, that'll be enough, that that will get me sales. But as you say, you need that framework in place. What, what's going to happen after they do that? The educational element, the plan to capitalize on that exposure. Um, so the fact that you were, you were good to go and had that in place like is, is fantastic. Yeah, I think I think especially in marketing, I think you'll every marketeer has probably been told by the owner of the company, let's get a viral moment, create a viral, viral video, viral moment. And you know, very few of us actually get it. But when you do, I guess you don't want to be one of those marketers that's obsessed with reach clicks and just let it be a flash in the pan because I guess you can have a moment and the way that the media works these days, like you'll have a moment and then within 24 hours or 48 hour cycle, that moment's gone. And what have we actually gathered from it? So you don't want it to be this one big flash of reach and like sessions on your site and it looks great and your monthly report is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, there's no there's no build on the brand afterwards. And that's where the framework, I guess, comes in. Um, where you want to, if you're preparing for a viral moment or you're going on something that could potentially be a viral moment and having the framework to actually uh, follow on with the, with the buying journey after that and actually educate customers and bring them to the next stage because... Um, I guess it, just, it goes like a whirlwind in the first 24 hours and then all of a sudden it's all gone and someone else has done something. So it's taken advantage, yeah, for sure. Fantastic. Jeez, that's, that's brilliant, Ryan. Fair, fair play to you. It is a, it is a great success story as well. Um, if people would like to find out more, uh, maybe a bit more about yourself or about Stats, Sports, where should they head to? Yeah, so statsports.com. Um, it's got all our ed- education pieces in terms of our B2B elite space, team stuff, team products, as well as our B2C, um, our consumer products for individual athletes. Um, we've got really, really good teams of sports scientists. If you're, if you're a team looking at t- kind of stat sports, we've got really good teams of sports scientists, best in the country, that will take you through that education and those demo processes to see what's the right fit, because we do have tiered products all the way from what Man United are using in terms like stadium technology, that, like all the way through their academies right down to we've got like local GA clubs, local rugby clubs that are using like a coach series product, for example, which is made with a coach that's maybe engaging with GPS for the first time. So it's tiered in a certain way. And then the consumer product, um, I guess, 
I like the consumer product for me, I think would have been perfect when I was coming through kind of, I, I play rugby at the minute, very socially, uh, but coming through like age group sections um, and taking advantage of, right, this is, this is what it's, what's, this is what the level you have to play at consistently. And um, this is when you overtrain, this is when you undertrain. Um, so that, that, that's a, that's a, statsports.com is a great source for all, all that information. We've got a lot of educational content on there too. Um, and then about me, I guess, just, just on LinkedIn, Ryan Clark on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if I post anything particularly interesting. Uh, a few screenshots now and then. Um, and then a few, nerdy, a few nerdy bits about digital marketing and e-commerce if, you, if you're interested in that. But yeah, Brilliant. that's really about me, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, that's probably the best place. Fantastic. Brilliant, man. Thank, thanks so much for, for joining us today and sharing that story. No worries. Thanks for having Brilliant. me. It was great. Great talking. Brilliant to you. all together. Thanks so much, Ryan. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Digital Marketing Scoop. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, please jump into your uh, Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, and just make sure to, to follow and subscribe. Also, if you'd like to leave a review, if you enjoyed the episode, I'd absolutely love for you to do that. We put out an episode every single week all with digital marketing tips, case studies, ways to uh, build your business with digital marketing. Um, also, if you are interested in bringing your own business online or looking at um, scaling your business, we'd love to chat with you here at Click. You can visit us online at cliq.ie.